Chi mama. Really? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh, nothing. Not much. What's going on, Nick? Uh, wow, I'm just still trying to recover from that. Did you not like my entrance? I just wasn't prepared for it. It was very lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Welcome on in, guys, to another episode of Totem Talks. Yeah. Our uh, penultimate season episode. That's right. So season two, episode 24 coming at you right now, uh, right. which means we have one more episode left of this season. Our season yes. finale next Which is going to be huge. Yeah. And then we are going to have- I will have... at it at the end of this episode. Yes, too. that's true. We are going to have our, uh, you know, at this point, typical wrap-ups. So we'll mm-hmm. do the award show, the best of the right, rest. Right. Uh, maybe one or two other ones thrown in there sure. before, hopefully starting season three, if the yeah. producers ever let Again, us know still, if we're renewed. We're not going to let you know until the time comes. Yeah, you guys have to tune in next week to find out if there's going to be right. a season three. That's right. So that's it. Uh, but how have you been, Nick? Terrible. Just terrible, Just huh? terrible. Now, how? why have you been terrible? Oh, no reason. Okay. I feel <laughs> like we might talk about why you've been terrible. I think we might. I think we might, I feel actually. like that's going to come up. Not immediately, but eventually. Yeah, but I have, uh, I've introduced you as Nick, and this is Totem Talks. That's true. You're Pat. How are you? I'm Pat, and I am also terrible. Excellent. Uh, It's been a rough uh, week. Yeah, I was going to say there's solidarity here. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Uh, We, uh, nothing. For various reasons. Yeah, for various reasons uh, that we'll we'll discuss on the episode. (laughs) Uh, But we should talk about who we're going over. I agree. Uh, So we are starting off with XTC. That's right. Um, which I'm assuming is a play on ecstasy. I assume that XTC. as well. XTC. Uh, we're following that up with the Red Devils, uh, and then we're closing it out with Selena Gomez. Yes, we are. And uh, and that's that. So let's hop right in and I start agree. talking about XTC. So uh, they were for- they're an English rock band that was formed in Swindon in 1972, and uh, that's pretty much it. They were active from 1972 to 2006. Sure. So uh, a pretty long career for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and unlike a lot of these other artists, it doesn't appear to have a break in the middle. Right. Just right through beginning and then end. And then, hey, that's fine. That is fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. But so, yeah, we went over three of their albums. Yes. Uh, we went over White Music, uh, which came out in 1978. Uh, then we listened to English Settlement, which came out in very, very obviously 1982. Right. Uh, and then we followed that up with Wasp Star, Apple Venus Volume 2, right? which came out in 2000. That all sounds correct to me. Yeah, That's, um, it was. I'm right on. I know you're fact-checking the stuff as yeah, I'm saying it I from am. memory here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so thank you for that. Anytime. Uh, but I think we let you go first. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, so funny thing that you just mentioned. Uh, so White Music, this first record. Sure. The album cover. With the the black and white stripes in the background, yeah. did it give you any vibes from any other famous album covers? It could have done. It's like l- almost parallel lines by Blondie, but <laughs> with these guys, right? It could have done. Came out in the same year. They both came out in nineteen seventy. Were they? I wonder if they were taken by the same person. Yeah, who knows? Like maybe that guy or or gal, right. Just has a very niche photo that they yeah, take. and they're like, we put up black and white stripes behind you, and then we take a picture of the band, and that's it. That's our all. That's our that's only thing. All we do. <laughs> but anyway, um, so he can't sing. I mean, the, the lead singer. Oh. He's so bad uh, that I actually believed that he was trying to be bad. 
Like uh-huh. it sounded like he was going out of his way to be like ah, ah, on this record. Yeah, I would. Like, uh, I would agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think disagree it, with you. I there. think it was an in- intentionally bad. Uh, his diction is atrocious. Let you me can't put it to you anything. this way: I hope it was intentionally bad. I think it was intentionally bad. <laughs> I, I genuinely believe. <laughs> I that it hope was. that this man doesn't actually I sound know. like that. Now, that being said, my instincts immediately when I heard the song "Radios in Motion" was, oh. This is a group I would probably really enjoy a lot more if anyone else was the singer. Sure. Like, right away I could tell that it was going to be something more along the lines of, like, Elvis Costello or The Pretenders, two artists that we've talked pretty positively about on this podcast in the past. Um, And I do think that those comparisons continue to grow as we go through XTC's um, discography because it is... Very varied and different and interesting what they're doing musically. While not always particularly complex, it is different and interesting and always kind of keeps you guessing as to what's going to happen next. Um, This Is Pop was kind of their big song off of this. Um, Which was ironically a pop song. Right. And I thought that was solid. I thought Statue of Liberty had some really awesome keyboard sounds. Like, I, there was a lot on here to like if you could stop hearing the vocals. Plus, the song Statue of Liberty is so punk because it was banned by the BBC because the lyric, In my fantasy, I sail beneath your skirt. Yeah, right. There you go. So the BBC right. was like, No, no have none of that. No, please. none of that. <laughs> um, I also really thought that they did a cover of All Along the Watchtower, which I thought was so Ambitious. musically interesting. Ambitious, because somebody else famously covered that yeah. as well. Um, but they did it completely differently, very unique, their own style. I was intrigued by it, but my God, the vocals are just particularly Atrocious. bad on that record. Yeah. Atrocious. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I can sum it up all for you right here. It sounded like he was trying to be bad. The singing was so bad. But there was a lot of varied and interesting things going on yeah. in the songwriting. And like I wanted to keep going back for more, but then I would keep getting shouted at. Here's what I'll say. Okay. I had a very distinct group of people, like a group of bands in my head during this album. I felt like there was a combination of Talking Heads, Blondie, and New York Dolls. Okay. All just in one. Right. And for those of you who have heard us do New York Dolls and Talking Heads, you know... How Pat feels. How I feel about that. Right. So, no surprise, I hated it. Right. I hated it so much. Uh, I was really, really trying to find good things. Uh, and you could see in my notes, I was like... It's okay. I've already elucidated all the good things about this, right? Yeah. So, uh, the first song, Radios in Motion, I have more pop than punk. Not bad, but feels wacky. <laughs> I'm like trying to find words, but feels wacky. <laughs> so, I, you know what? I, so reading my notes because I I listened to them earlier in the week and then went back to my notes this morning, and it reminded me of this Twitter thread where it was this woman who was like, "I stopped my kid from saying negative things about dinner, so they've gotten really creative, and they say things like, I liked my food this much, mm. or.'" This dinner tastes not right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they couldn't just straight up say bad, so they got really creative. And sure. that's what I did here. <laughs> this was a very interesting take on mashed potatoes. Yeah, basically. Uh, and that, so yeah, it's wacky. Uh, and then I just kind of give up. Uh, the vocals are bad. For all along the watchtower, I literally just said bad vocals, ambitious try. <laughs> um, 
for the song I'll Set Myself on Fire, I literally said, please, God, no, it sounds like they're t- turning into The Cure. Mm. And the last thing I needed was The Cure to poke its head into a Talking Heads sure. New York Dolls amalgamation. Right. Uh, scary. Sure. To say the least. And that's it. Uh, I will say the last song, uh, Neon Shuffle, uh, they've abandoned all semblance of punk at that point and are just straight right. new wave synth, yeah. synth pop. Definitely. Which, while not a genre of music I like, was far better than the post-punk garbage. <laughs> but not garbage. Right. That I was getting. Not the band garbage. Uh, So yeah, I'll take us into English Settlement. Yes, a very long record, a double record. Yes, and easily 37% better. Definitely, at least that. Yeah, yeah, easily about 37% better. Uh, Much more enjoyable. The vocals were better. I think that has a lot to do with Colin Moulding doing some more singing. Yeah, but Partridge was singing better here. You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He was definitely so, singing better. Which leads a little which lends a little credence to maybe he was faking it. Or yeah. maybe he just mm-hmm. learned how to sing in the interim. Right. Something All, happened. Any of which is possible. Uh I felt like there were still a lot of misses on this album for me. Uh not stuff that I'm gonna go back to, uh, any of it. But just opening up with the song Runaways, I thought had this like really eerie, enjoyable sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Ball and Chain, the second track, had this really nice pounding rhythm to it. So they're doing these varied, interesting things. Just, you know, the rest of it still happens. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the only other two that I'll comment on at all, uh, one positive, one negative. The positive is all of a sudden it's too late. Okay. I thought it was a really welcome surprise to have like a kind of nicer ballad put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't incredible, but it was a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, for getting into the second half of this album because mm-hmm. that was the last one on side two, which is technically the halfway point. Right. Uh, and then after that, the negative one is it's nearly Africa. <laughs> Felt incredibly weird and wrong to listen to, <laughs> uh, and that's it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I will, you know, carry on. Wait, uh, I think right. Um, it's different from the first album. Yeah. They're experimenting more. Uh, it's basically what my positives are the same as the first album, but it's just a completely new set of, of songs and styles to work with. It's very varied. It's very interesting. Yeah. The orchestration is interesting. I'm always kind of wondering what kind of song I'm going to get next. What genre is this going to be? How is it going to be instrumentated? Is that, if yeah. that's a word. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Even if the songs were not my favorite songs. Uh, and then there would be cool little things to pick out where I'd be like, ah, oh, that was really clever. That was really cool. Like the layering of vocals that they do on um, Jason and the Argonauts was one of those places that jumped out to me. Uh, like the acoustic guitar work on the song Yacht Dance is another one that kind of jumps out at me like, oh, these little bits and pieces that really stick out yeah. in a project that was ambitious and experimental and okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay know? is is a good summation. Exactly. Like I didn't love it, um, but I respected it. Yeah. I told and that's how I felt I about the first it album. I respected it a too. whole heck of a lot more than the first album. See, I respected the first album too for that, although yeah. I was I the vocals were obviously still a big turnoff. You're kinder about I about was a the little bit kinder about than them. I am. Yeah. That's true. Uh, and uh, you're also kinder on bad vocals than I am. That's true. And that was a double punch. Yeah. Um 
I guess I'll just keep rolling on wasp. Uh, to Wasp Star, wasp. which I mean, at the at the risk of sounding repetitive, this is a it's a whole new album. It is, you know, like each time they come out with music, it's something that's totally different. And at yeah. this point, it's just Colin Molding and Andy Partridge, and then other people come in. Yeah, uh, which really brings up the question: even though Molding and Partridge did all the writing, was it everybody else who made this a bad band? Yeah, you gotta wonder. Because gotta I wonder. think we agree on this album. Yeah, I think this was good. Was um, really good. And you know what helps? Uh, you go all the way to 2000, you're like, you know, 20 years later than some of these other albums yeah. you listen to. Uh, but there wasn't vocal quality to lose. So when you don't have vocal quality to lose, nothing's, it didn't sound bad. Didn't sound I bad at all. I would argue the exact it got, opposite. It got stronger. I would say both of them got significantly better at I, vocals. I agree that they did. I think they didn't yell. I think they just sang. I thought it was a little more reserved. And I thought they were both way better singers. Yeah, they, they were. I, way better. I, yeah. I It actually got to the point where I re-listened to this album all the way through, trying to find something auto-tuned. Yeah. And I couldn't really find it. It just felt like sure. they were all of a sudden singing real songs mm-hmm. instead of whatever it's they were doing It's very possible before. that they were maybe like feeling the effects of singing the way they were singing before and got maybe. vocal coaching or something. Uh, but it worked out for the best. Um, again, you can tell they're still... What's really cool about XTC is that they were always developing. Yes. They were always developing. They were always changing and growing as writers from album to album, from song to song. Yeah. Uh, And I loved that aspect of this band all the way through. Um, One other quick little thing that I'll just throw out, generally speaking, is I felt like a lot of songs on this album should have been like TV show themes or like songs from movies. You know, like every time I heard it, I was like, that should have been in a television show. That should have been in a movie. Yeah. I I get where you're coming from. That's it, though. You can jump in. So, yeah. What before I get into this album, I will say that when I saw the full title, I did go back and listen to part one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and that one was probably a little stronger. Okay. For one reason, this album, after listening to the first one, feels less cohesive. Gotcha. Like it's definitely feels like an album full of songs we had left over. Gotcha. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially with how much better than the last two it is. Sure. I mean, it's night and day. I said album one was terrible. Album two was 37% better. We're probably like in the B plus to A territory here. Yeah. So kudos to them. Uh, I will, And I think the big thing they did here is they went way more pop. Sure. Which mm-hmm. not everybody, as we're going to talk about... Uh, not everybody does pop well. Yeah, definitely not. So just going pop doesn't automatically mean you're better. Definitely not. But writing pop well and staying interesting and then improving your technique and your instrumentation around pop music mm-hmm. can be a boon. And I think they really fell into that. Yeah. Uh, the two that I'm going to just kind of you know talk about real quick before we get into uh, scoring is uh, In Another Life. I thought had these really nice pulsing rhythms. It's a it's a, a Colin Molding piece, and then the other one, the closer, the wheel and the maypole. I mm-hmm. thought was just a phenomenal closer, and it was such a journey for me to go from despising this band, right, just outwardly hating them, to being sad this was the last album. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. I I I struggle to think of another artist on the podcast that has done that. Yeah, okay. I've had that happen in reverse. Sure, of course. But I've never hated a band Mm -hmm. and had them change my mind. Yeah, in in the course of the listening, that's cool. So let's score them. Let's do that. So, um, cultural impact is going to be pretty low. Pretty low. But they do. They are like a cult band. 
They're definitely like okay. they've got a, a very devoted following. They definitely yeah. were influential in the post punk movement in like the Brit pop movement and the early parts of that. Like there is something there above a point one because oh, of their, okay. their following yeah. and influence. Uh, I'm not saying it's got to be much above that, but I do think they deserve a little bit of recognition because uh, they were an early group in this movement of like punk, post punk, new wave pop. Here's the thing XTC has four documentary films wow so i'm going to give them a one i'll take it that is so many documentary that is films. a lot of documentaries that's true uh i don't know why i hey but hey and there fr- there's three of them from 80 82 and 84 mm-hmm. and then 2017 right okay so good for them yeah good for them um they have 14 studio albums yeah um I mean, they did very well, like several in the top 40 in the UK. Yeah. They had a number one in New Zealand. They've got a couple of UK silvers and a Canadian gold. It's all very nice. Uh, But as far as the quality goes, I think that's where they get more points than not. Uh, So they start from 14 albums, very little in terms of sales, but like okay charting uh, and some sales. And I think that the music was solid. Uh, So I would be in the high fives. You'd be in the high fives. Yeah, I mean, 14 records. That's mm. double the average plus. I know. And I'm struggling. I know you didn't like the first record as much, but... Or really the second one. I really think both of them had a lot of potential, though. Ugh. And there was more good about those records than bad, I thought. When you say high fives, give me a number. Five, seven. Oh. Fine, only because it's your birthday. I mean, it's not, but it's 14 records. You can't be that Actually, low. it's closer to my birthday. When this comes out. One, yeah, right. a one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> instrumental talent, this is not going to be particularly good. No, no, it's not. Uh, again, the as the vocals got better, yeah, I thought that they improved, but the rest of the band just stayed the same, forgettable. Right. And what was good about them is what's coming up in the next category. Yeah. I, I would be okay going anything. with like a three. Yeah, I could live with a three because of how terrible the vocals were. To start. To start. And then they got consistently better until they were yeah. good by the end. Uh, but the songwriting talent was really quality. I mean, they touched on so many genres. They, they did, did the varying, so many different things. The they incorporated so many different inter- uh, instrumentations and, and brought different things in. Like, I'm very high on songwriting talent. Like, I am in the low eights. The, I'm sorry, the what number The low eights. Okay, we're way too high on that. No I way. totally disagree. I think that was the one thing that, that made XTC listenable was the fact I... that while the singing was atrocious, the songwriting was phenomenal and varied all the time. Like, they really span genres like very few artists we have seen. I completely agree that they span the genres, and I I do get that. And I agree that they write the songs that they write well, and they keep them fresh. But I don't think a band that has this much wrong with it, especially even in the songwriting, because a good songwriter could have covered the deficiencies better than they did. I think that they wanted the vocals to sound like that, And that's bad songwriting. Okay. That's bad. I'm not listen. I'm not arguing you too far down. I'm I, arguing I you think out of you, the eights. I think you hate them because the vocals were bad. For the first I hate them albums. because the vocals were bad. That's true. But I I'm wouldn't saying, be willing. My floor would be like a seven point eight. And I I will my go absolute. There. Floor. I am okay with that. Out of the eights because that I feel like the eight is great. Okay. I feel like eight is great, and I, I feel thought, like I thought good, what they great. did was special. I mean, I really think their songwriting and is special. Seven is special. Eight is great, and okay. I think special is is more accurate. Okay, poetic talent. I'll let you take the floor. Yeah. Uh, so for this one, I didn't. I mean, uh, so the problem. I'm just gonna keep rambling. Sure. Uh, 
post Should I give him a five? <laughs> no, post punk doesn't lend itself to writing good sure. lyrics. Yeah, that's often the case. That's I so that's but that is the, you know, not all that they did. It's not that's all only that they a small did. percentage However, of However, that is a lot of what they wrote for. Sure. Even the songs that weren't mm-hmm. post punk had that lyrical feel of post punk. Sure. I didn't get a ton of depth to the lyrics. Yeah. The last album I got some depth to the lyrics, which is ironic because a lot of people think pop is a shallow genre. Well, it depends on who's writing it. Right, and that's what I mean. It's just ironic. Uh, but I'm be yeah. I think a five works. I think it does too. I think it does. Uh, and I don't think there's an X factor. Uh, there's an X in their name. Okay, five points. Yeah, five <laughs> points. It is. All right. No zero yeah. X factor. Uh, and we'll move on to the Red Devils. Okay, so theoretically, the Red Devils were a Los Angeles-based <laughs> blues rock band who were active from 1988 to 1994, and then again in 2017, and then again in 2017. Uh, again, I say theoretically. Right, because I have a hard time deciding if these band if this band exists. I think that they do. I I'll I'll continue with my theoreticals. Yeah, sure. Theoretically, we were tasked with listening to three albums by this band. We were, uh, which were 1992's King King, 1993's Blackwater Roll, and then 2017's Return of the Red Devils. That is correct. And now. This is where theory meets actuality. Right. This band doesn't exist. Well, King King is is very findable. Yes, and I found King King and listened to King King. Now, mm-hmm. here's the problem that I have with King King. King King is a live album. It is. The Red Devils pretty much exclusively have live records. Again, you say that like they have other records. Well, they do. Not. Uh, they recorded an, uh, a full-length record with Mick Jagger. Yeah. They also recorded Allegedly. with Johnny Cash. Allegedly. All of this but, is alleged. This band doesn't exist. They're but not in and of themselves, as just the Red Devils, uh, they were mostly known as a live group. Yes. Um, they were just like blues traditionalists playing at the King King Club in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, where they were extremely popular during their uh, run. Very true. And that is where King King was recorded, obviously. Right. Uh, which, again, live album. And when I say live album, I don't just mean live recording. I mean very clearly a recording of a concert. Yes. Like, to the point where the lead singer is whispering the songs to the group in between sets. Like, which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. We've done a live album episode. We have another one in the books ready to go up. So, like, we like live albums. We do. But they're not part of. I mean, the only reason we're covering them here is because it's the only way to tell you guys and share the Red Devils. There's no other way to do it. The only other song that that we were able to really find that wasn't a live song was the song Blackwater Roll. Correct. Which. We will talk about. Yeah. But anyway, do you want to jump into King King? Is it your turn or is it my turn? I, I mean, think I talked about like Yeah, music I'm going to go first twice here because yeah. I'm going to go first in the next one too because I, this they don't exist. That's fine. Uh, so King King as an album was good. I agree. Like it's they're good. They're a good mm-hmm. traditional blues band. Uh, I thought they had a good vocal. I thought they had a good instrumentation. Uh, I know we don't really discuss it, but they had good crowd play during the songs. Oh, yeah, totally. So, like, all of that stuff, I have nothing but positives yeah. to say about the actual music, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm worried for them. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, a couple highlights I'll throw out. Cross Your Heart I thought was a good one, and then I really enjoyed Mr. Highwayman. Yeah, totally. Which is a Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf song, yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all you got? That's I yeah, that's all I got. No, for okay, that's fair. Uh, I also highlight across your heart, uh, mostly because something that you gloss over. Lester Butler, the singer, is also the harmonica player, and he is a killer harmonica oh, player. Oh, phenomenal! He is a great harmonica player. Uh, Paul Size on lead guitar did a really nice job as well. Yeah. Um, 
it was very pleasant to listen to. Uh, a lot of these are just old blue standards. You got your Willie Dixon, Sonny Boy Williamson's, uh, Junior Wells, people like that. Uh, Little yeah. Walter, uh, a couple that Butler actually wrote. Going to the church, he wrote, and uh, No Fighting, which were both solid blues tunes. Um, they didn't, you know, stick out as not as good as the classics that they were playing uh, at all. But that's it. I mean, like pretty much like what you said. Um, it's just. They're playing a bunch of covers. They're doing it live. It's just so yeah. weird for us. They're, they're obviously going to struggle because of that. I do think it's kind of interesting that it, this was recorded in uh, 1991, released in 92. Doesn't feel like that year. If you told me that this yeah. was recorded in like the late 60s or something, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense, um, which Absolutely. is kind of cool. Which, speaking of that time frame, I'll just bring it up now. Um, the re- these guys were like very very popular in L.A. Yeah, uh, and they were known as the house band at the King King Club, and tons of people would come out to see them, and not just like people in Los Angeles who wanted to go see the Blues Club. I mean, like Billy Gibbons, Angus and Malcolm Young, yeah. Brian May, Bruce Willis, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like a lot of really huge groups and artists wanted to go see and jam with the Red Devils, which is really cool. Like, they were kind of known, like, if you go over on a Monday, you're going to see the Red Devils, and who knows? Maybe ACDC will be there. Maybe the Red Hot Chili Peppers will be there. Here's the thing, though. I... It's a really cool story. Mm-hmm. Are they just the worst networking people of all yeah, time? Yeah, right. Then? Like they could have very easily done how more. Do it seems have, with their popularity. Yeah, how right? do you <laughs> have that level of clout that mm-hmm. these celebrities are coming to see you? Right, and you just didn't ever even attempt it. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Like, isn't it? it's so weird. To very me. content. Clearly, you're a house band, so clearly right. you like music and want to play mm-hmm. music for a living. Yeah, and you just I like what happened. I don't How do know. you have Angus Young, Brian May? Right. I mean, Bruce and Willis, like I said, like, you, they went out and recorded albums with Mick Jagger and songs with Johnny yeah. Cash. Like those guys are pretty famous. I would, <laughs> I would agree. So what happened? I don't know. I Why don't didn't know. they just? Uh, it's, it's so weird. It's very I, it's weird. So weird. But I'll let you talk about Blackwater Roll because you wanted to. Oh no, I I want to go first on the next artist. You can talk about Blackwater. Oh Roll. oh okay. Um. Well, one, it was the only song. Like we yeah. just found the title track. There were no other things on that EP that we were able to find. And it was solid. It was a good blues song. Yeah. And that, I mean, like, okay, that's all Guess there is what? about it. Here but... we go. I'm gonna wax poetic as well. Okay, good. It was a really good blues song. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. I mean, about they do four, a nice job. Four and change minutes. Yeah. It was a really pleasant listen. I thought there totally. were no no detriments to the music of the song. And let's, I guess, theoretically move on to Return of the Red Devils, right? Which doesn't exist. Correct. I mean, it does somewhere. It must. Oh, somewhere in the world, I think maybe one guy. I believe his name is Braun. Right. He has a copy of a a, a camcordered recording of this album. Right. And a bootleg of a bootleg it. of a bootleg. Uh, I think we both were able to find a selection of of videos from their comeback. Yeah. So in I watched exactly. So in 2017, there were I watched the full concert. Like yeah. it was an hour and a half concert that I watched, uh, but Lester Butler has passed. Yes, uh, so there was yeah, un- very unfortunately. But their their new singer slash harmonica player did a nice job, I thought. But I'll let you talk a little bit about your experience with it before I say anything. Again, at this point, the novelty of of this band has worn off to me. The novelty of being unable to find them and things like that. Like we've had issues finding albums where we've had to like YouTube and then the album shows up on YouTube or or you know we've had a I've had to download another music service just to find an album or sure. things like yeah. I've had to listen on my iPad cuz it's on Apple Music and on Amazon Music and mm-hmm. 
all these various things that have happened. Uh, but the music has existed in the world yeah. and it just didn't hear. And it was by the time I found a couple of these songs, uh, I got really frustrated because one of them was Mr. Highwayman, which was great on the first yeah. album, but I've heard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that happened a couple times. So, like, right. There were a lot of repeated tracks. Yeah. A lot of blue standards that they just play. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, uh, including Blackwater Roll. Right. Which is on this house. So, like, uh, at this point, I'm just disappointed. I get that. And especially with, I found out about the whole them playing with all these famous people and things today. You told me today. Oh, you didn't know before I told you? No, because I, oh, okay. I was so frustrated with them. Yeah. So, when you, we were talking about it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the more I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, then how on yeah, well, earth? Yeah, you know what happened when they, the reason why they um, reunited in 2017 was to join ZZ Top as their opening act because Billy Gibbons used to go play with the band so much back in LA. And they should have been opening for ZZ Top in the 90s. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, what do you, like, that's what I mean. I can only imagine, like, if we ever got to that level, I, I would feel like, you know, hey, listen, man, like, I, I, think of an artist. Give me any artist re- that's relevant now. That's relevant now? Oh, God. Relatively relevant now. Uh, John Mayer. Okay. Just released a new single yesterday. So John Mayer shows up at Naked Brewing, and he's just there hanging out and sees our band and comes up to him and is like, yo, I really enjoyed that. That would be literally and, the greatest <laughs> moment of my I life. I know. But regard- and then he's like, yeah, when are you guys playing again? And we're like, oh, we're playing, you know, literally next week. anytime, John. He Come was like, on oh, over. we're playing next week, and he's like, yeah, would you mind if I like came up and played a couple with you? Like that would be a lot of fun. And it's like, absolutely, man. That would be the greatest thing that ever happened to us. One, it would be the greatest thing that ever happened. It was two hundred percent. I'd be like, John, we would love some advice, or like, yeah, or we would, we oh, really yeah. want to try to see, like, immediately try to network that a little bit and be sure. like, yo, help us, please. Yes. You famous man. We need help. How? Like, not just leaning on him for his fame. Like, that's yeah. not what I want to do at all. But you have to try to network a little bit. Sure. And I hate networking. Right. I hate it. I It makes me uncomfortable. I get you. I'm a socially uncomfortable person. Right. Shockingly enough to the people who know me. I know. Because I never shut up. That's fair. So. All right. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about this record? Uh, No. Let's grade them. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So the only thing, again, that I think might put them above a point one is just all of the work that they've done with other famous people, which I is cool. I would be very willing to give them a point three. That sounds amazing. I And honestly, I feel generous for it. Yeah, yeah, you should. Um, I mean, we can't give them much more than one for their breadth of work because it's the King King record and then, and the then Blackwater, Blackwater Roll EP. Yeah. And the King King record's a live record. Right, which, I mean... <sighs> I, I I'm feel, giving them a point for it because I'll, the circumstances are just such that we have to deal with these live records as their records. I will give them a one because you asked me to. I'll take it. Uh, now, what I don't think suffers is their instrumental talent. But here's the problem: there's we have only established the precedent right, that the lack of the lack of material affects the sure. score. So we'll say two full live records, uh, which. Even though the songs are the same, the performances are different because they're live and they're <sighs> like I don't think that, that hurts feels... that hurts them in every category but yeah. this one to me. Um, I get it, I get it. It hurts them in everything, but uh, but this. But they were all very good blues players, and Lester Butler was an outstanding harmonica player. I mean, like they were very, they should they need yeah. to at least get a couple of points here because they were very quality players. What's the what's what's the score you're trying to throw out? 
like just give me a four Ugh. for a band that is definitely above average in terms of being uh, listen, a blues band. I agree with you on that. I think the highest I my absolute ceiling is a three eight. Okay, then that's where uh, yeah, we show go. That's and again, it's just because of the lack of of, yeah. of material. Right, and now the actual quality is higher. Yeah, totally. Now songwriting talent. We're in the we're in the pits here. We're in the pits because they wrote a couple songs on King King, uh, and they wrote Blackwater Roll, and that's pretty much it. And the rest so, of it's all standards. I'll give and them covers. point one for each original song that I saw, which is point three. Okay, point three is perfect, and I will do the same thing for Poetic Talent. I disagree on that one. Blues uh, are notorious for I not know, having powerful but it's vocals. Point three, Pat. <laughs> I will let you get a point two. All right. Okay, fine. We have uh, to keep I our formulaic think, precedent. I do think they deserve X Factor for all of those artists that they played with. Yeah. For guesting with Mick Jagger, Ironically, Cash, I think it's going to be else. one of their highest categories. I want to give yeah. them a full point. Yeah, I will also give them a full point. And let me, let, let's talk. Let's talk, gang. Can I give them a 1.06? And you can ask, we can talk about that, the reason why a later. A 1.06. Yeah, like just enough that it would sort of round up to a 1.1. I'll explain later. I'll explain later. Just just go with me. Trust me. Do you trust me, Pat? Uh, I trust you, Aladdin. Great. So let's, let's talk to, about Selena Gomez then. Oh, Selena Gomez. Apple of my eye. <laughs> Woman of my teenage dreams. Yeah, right. There you go. So, can we do us and her a favor and just end the episode here? I would love that. <laughs> it would, Please. It, I would have so much less stress. Think if we of 15 year old Pat and be nice to him. I'm thinking of him. Because his heart broke this week. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to, you know, Sydney, who I love and stuff. But, right. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Selena Gomez was one of two Disney Channel starlets who I was in love with I in, see. In, in, in these years. The other one being the actress who plays Tawny from Even Stevens. Sure. I have a type. I guess so. <laughs> I I never watched Disney Channel as a child, so I didn't know. That's I fine. actually, this week, found out for the first time that Selena Gomez and Ariana Grande were different people. I had been conflating them in my head this you entire time. You are just a thousand years old. I am genuinely a you thousand are just years old. You are literally Methuselah. Uh, okay, let's do it. Okay. Selena Marie Gomez. Uh, she is an American singer, songer, singer, songer, singer, <laughs> actress, and producer. Songer might be more accurate than songwriter, I think. <laughs> it doesn't say <laughs> songwriter. Does songs. She's a songer. It doesn't say songwriter. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, so she's been active from 2002 to the present as an actress, uh, not quite that long as a as a musician slash right. just songer. Uh, but she has the distinct, uh, I guess, claim to fame as being the same age as us. Yeah, that's that's very important. <laughs> Super important, right? Yeah, we uh, need that. So we went over three of her albums. Now, uh, Nick, very kindly, I think, to her and to us, separated her work. Uh, from her band and her solo work. So we will That's be coming right. back to Selena Gomez uh, for Selena Gomez and the scene, which we did not talk about. Right. So strictly her solo work. Correct. Which is Stars Dance from 2013, Revival from 2015, and then Rare from 2020. Yes. And now, Nick, I am going to go first here. I'll allow it. To talk about Stars Dance. And before we talk about Stars Dance. Uh, okay. Uh... I want to to just tell you guys that we have original music out. Oh, we do. Uh, it's called Lifetime Left to Go. It's an original album. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, we had a lot of fun with it, and we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we've had such great reviews as this is music, and yes. I've listened to this. That's true. So uh, if you want to be part of the crowd that thinks it's music and has listened to it. Right, that would be great. Uh, maybe even call it decent. I was going to say, my most genuine advice, uh, if you are someone who listens along with us every week, just listen to our album three times. Yeah, that's and that's the first time Nick has ever recommended our music over one of the performers. And it wasn't even a hard choice. Uh, not not a hard choice. Not to sound inflated. Okay. Just <sighs> just right. spit it out so that so I can this get my notes out. So this is awful. This is actual <laughs> garbage to listen to. <laughs> I actually was angry both at Selena Gomez and then at myself for how I used to feel about Selena Gomez when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I wish I could unwatch Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm glad I've never seen it. Um, no, okay, not that. I still like Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And okay. and Selena, you still have a place in my heart. Just don't don't sing these musics to me. Yeah, ever. Don't. don't. Uh, so you get right in with the song "Birthday," Ugh. which Ugh. is I will be nice <laughs> and say messy and predictable. Yeah, and then way overdone electronically. It's possible. That a worse song has been written. Yes. It's then possible. you you hit the world of dubstep uh, moving on uh, with the song Slow Down and then Stars Dance, uh, the title track, which is a song, I think. I guess. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm really trying. Uh, let me just, oh, let's go past that. Uh, like a Champion. Uh, I have a weirdly Caribbean flair, but still bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have, uh, no, I just say yikes with that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's one. The song B-E-A-T. Oh, my God. Okay. I think I found the cause of the issues for this album. Okay. It is completely soulless. Yes. And B-E-A-T is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. My note was, just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, B-E-A-T. <laughs> yeah. It's bad, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the problem is she's not writing it, and her writers apparently hate music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I agree. That's all I really have to say. Okay, she's not great. credited as a writer on any of these songs, nope. and if anything, that gives me hope for her as a person. Right. Okay. I'll just read through my list of comments I made as, as I was oh, listening to good. this. One, there are between three and six writers on each song. None are Selena Gomez. It took about 10 million engineers and programmers, etc., to get th- this album done. It was the worst 39 minutes of my entire life. It took over 30 writers to come up with 11 of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, then my most positive comment of the day, I have heard the song Come and Get It Before, not a compliment, just the only neutral comment I can make. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's it. I thought I was being mean. I'm done. That was it. Wow. Was... Well, I think there's nothing else for it, I'm going to move into Revival Take now. us into Revival. So. Uh... <laughs> Which I will be more positive on. Thank you. Spoiler goodness. alert. Okay. Uh, we're down to 25 writers on this album. Only 25. And Selena Gomez is credited a few times. So how about that? Things have really changed. Um, There's so many vocal producers on this record, I also noticed. So I'm wondering, Pat, you might have a better ear for it than me. Like, was there just a ton of autotune being laid in all over the place on this or something? <sighs> um, There was in places, but I don't think it was her voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was her voice, but I don't think it was like to cover her voice. I think it was for that sound. Okay, to right. To sound yeah, more like that's electro. That's what I was Because, I mean, I, she can sing, but they were putting that in there anyway. So I was confused. Yeah. Um, uh, My other comment would be, Ooh, she's naked on the album cover and curses sometimes now. Edgy. Um, <laughs> okay. It's very edgy now. 
Uh, the song Good For You sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, about halfway through this album was when I lost my all inspiration to write, uh, to listen to, or to enjoy music ever again. Uh, like oh, all of the passion what a revelation. drained out. Like there was a legitimate time here while I was listening to this album where I was like, I don't love music anymore. It was my entire life until I got to this point, And now I feel nothing. Wow. That's, and so. <laughs> that then, hurts. Yes. It, it, so what does this like, mean for I, the future of the me. band? We're, I li- you know what I did? What did you I do? went back and I listened to Point of No Return again oh, after I listened to this okay. and I was fine again. Shout out to last week's winner. I was Cam- very Kansas. happy. Uh, I almost that. called them Canvas. Canvas. <laughs> Good old Canvas. Yeah, but I like mean... Kansas brought it all back and I was okay again. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> so this is also uh, where I decided what this is because it's clearly not art. Um, <laughs> okay. So what I'm calling Selena Gomez's songs uh, from here on out is, and this is a term I'm sure we'll use again as we cover more artists like this. Uh, this is an audio product. Okay. The first record was an audio product. This is an audio product. The next one, it's it's just an audio product. That's it. Fair enough. And it's not a product that I would ever purchase. Okay. Now, I have also things to say, some of which aren't bad, uh, most of which are bad. Uh, so let's get right off the bat to the bad. More of the same sound-wise, it's atrocious. These, as Nick so aptly put, audio products are bad, are just uncomfortable to listen to at best. Um, now, it's not just because it's pop. You've heard us praise pop before. In fact, yeah. this episode, I praised a band yes. for sounding like pop, for we going did. pop. Mm-hmm. It's when you get these multiple producers whose only job is to make a song bearable or make a song that I can, you know, drop a molly and dance in the club to. <laughs> you know how you're always doing that. I'm just like that, but yeah. that, I mean, that has to be what this is for. I, it's- it's not for people to listen to to enjoy for the quality yeah, it's, of the I song. I mean, this has to be a, like this is an album that a DJ will sample in a nightclub and then move on to the next rubble. Yeah. That's I mean, that's what it's it is. It's not meant to be listened to as a song, it's meant to be danced to only. Right. Exactly. It's meant to be the background noise of your slow dry grind at prom. Exactly. That, <laughs> that's got to well be done. what it's for. Uh, however, the positives that I will say, Selena Gomez as a writer has a positive effect because for the first time I noticed lyrics that made sense. Wow, what a bar. Well, so they and they made sense and they actually were emotional. So this album uh, came out after her split with Justin Bieber, uh, which say what you will about the Biebs. Uh, but they were in love, apparently, and it was a very tough breakup for her. Sure. And you could hear the emotions on this album. That's 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 what I'll say. Okay. Or wait, I'm sorry. I'm lying. I'm lying, Nick. I have nothing good to say about that song. Everything, everything that I had to say about it, I meant about the next album. Oh. Well, whoopsies. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. Uh, yeah, this... Okay, hold on. Wait, wait. Let me look again. Uh, Hands to Myself was a hit for her. Okay. And... Ooh, Camouflage. The token piano track? Camouflage, Nick. Mm-hmm. That one only had two writers and was middling. Wow, what a compliment. Here's what I'll say. Up until this point, Selena Gomez has, at absolute best, sounded like a bad Taylor Swift song. At and that is at Camouflage. Best. At Camouflage is that song sure. where she has, at her finest moment, been like the beest of B-sides of a T-Swift record. There you go. And now I will move into Rare. So we already know what you liked about it. 
So tell us what you didn't like. Yeah, well, no, I, so I just want to throw out those songs. Uh, Lose You to Love Me is the song that I was talking about. Uh, it actually has personality and storytelling. It's about the Bieber breakup. It's it's interesting to listen to. It's om- Again, I feel like I might be grading on a curve because of how awful the other songs have been. They've been awful. That I'm giving this one now, those marks of like, Selena Gomez is a writer on it. I can hear the story she's telling. It's cohesive to me. Okay. That's honestly the best I can give you. Uh, the rest of it is a lot more of the same. Uh, it's just so not a style of, of, of music that Audio I- product. <laughs> It's so not a style that I enjoy listening to or find any redeeming qualities for. No. And and that's where the difference between like punk and, you know, other all other things like even talking heads, like things that I've really ragged on on the show, even Uncle Cracker. Sure. They've there used was more redeeming instruments in Uncle Cracker they than have, this. Yeah, well because they use in, he uses instruments. He's they're playing music. This is computer programming. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. I watch CGI films. I play sure. video games. I respect the heck out of computer programmers. Sure. But I certainly am not giving I one a Grammy. To them. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's the difference. Yep. It's bad. Um, yes. I feel like I've said the best positives I can say. Okay. I will do my, my sti- rundown of notes for Selena, rare. I still respect you as a person. That's nice. I respect Just, her as- I respect all these people as human beings. Well, let's talk real quick about Selena Gomez. Sure. I know she uh, struggled. She got diagnosed with lupus. That's correct. And uh, struggles with that and has, has, you know, persevered in that. And we hope for nothing but the best for her. Yeah, her as a person, this is not about. This is strictly the music on these albums. Correct. Okay. That's it. Now let me read through everything. I'm just going to read my stream of consciousness as I listened to this album. We're back up to 39 writers, uh, one of which is Selena Gomez, though. Uh, There were between four and six writers for every single song. Now, I got the deluxe edition because that was the only one that Apple Music was offering to me. Did you Uh, listen through the whole thing? Well, here's what happened. So I listened to the first song, which is called Boyfriend, and I wrote, this is insufferable. It should be used for torture. (sighs) And then uh, I just immediately turned it off on my phone and looked up the the regular version of the album on YouTube because I was like, I'm done with the deluxe edition already. One song in and I wanted to die. Yeah. Yeah. so genuinely, again, if the CIA is listening, you know, if you're, I mean, I don't think you should torture people. I think it's wrong. But if you're going to continue to do it against all international law, use that song. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Look at her now. Disgustingly bad. Um, I can't yeah. get all the way through nearly any of these songs. Between a minute and a half and two minutes into almost every song, I just stopped. I would like yeah. fast forward 15, 30 seconds to see if anything changed. It didn't. And then I moved on. I got I, it. At the, and then by the end of the record, I just wrote down, I hate the featured artists. I hate the non-featured artists. It's awful. I feel nothing. And that's it. Okay. I hope we got the audible sound of your notebook just slamming throwing onto, the, it. onto yeah. the desk there. Mm-hmm. Really hope. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, this was the worst three albums I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. From beginning to end. I would rather listen to anything else. This was horrible. It's at this I point I would like to remind both Nicholas and our listeners who schedules the episodes. I look, we were going to have to we were going to have to cover at some point. I'm I know glad it's out of the way. I just don't want them to be mad at me thinking I did this no, to you. I you did, did to this me. to yourself. I did it to myself. Really, Selena did it to both of us. Oh God! Let's really, just... the team of writers writing for Selena right, did it the, to both the, of us. Like seventy people who at different points have written one of these songs. <laughs> and on these now three we get the pleasure of grading her. Okay. 
Uh, cultural impact. This will be her one good score. Uh, so it's going to be high. Uh, I will Gomez just say is arguably the songs that she had popularity with um, from her career with her band. I'm previously. not even talking about the songs. That's sure. not going to. I mean, right? But I'm had, just saying, like, part of that is with the other group. Some of yes. her hits and success. Selena like Gomez that. is arguably an A-list celebrity. <clears throat> She's sure. extremely popular. She's in many movies and I believe you and TV shows. Uh, you know, she did have a very public relationship with Justin Bieber, who is, love him or hate him, a superstar. I agree. Uh, all of these things are true. They are. Uh, this is going to be her highest score. Definitely. I. She is above average in this score. I'm and, not arguing And then you. you give her the music stuff as well. She has, she, whether you like the audio products or not, they Surprisingly low certifications for Not all surprising at all. They're popular- in recent times. True, but I mean you would have thought that with the streaming numbers that the yeah. they would still be somewhere but they're pretty pretty low. I agree. Um with all things considered. Just wanted to to point I'm that gonna out. I'm going to throw a number expected. out. I'm going to throw a number out. She only has one certifying record in the United States. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to throw it out. And that will definitely affect the next one a yes. lot. But I'm going to throw a number out. The number is 7. I'm fine with it. Yeah. 7 is fine. Uh breadth of work. 3 albums. Um while Which puts her at a two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, her chart positions are good. Her certifications are okay. Uh, and the music was the worst I've ever heard in my entire life. So do we give her a, a one and a half? I'm fine with one. Take and a half. whole point off. I would. Okay. I would take so much off. I know. I think taking a Terrible. whole point off for the quality. Yeah. I mean, instrumental talent. It's weird. Everything that's not Selena Gomez is terrible. Yes, but they're not instruments. But so right, really, she's the only instrument now. But and then the thing I was mentioning to you, there are like seventeen people who are just vocal engineers on each one of these records. Yes. So even her voice is being modified uh, and edited for these records. It's not like yeah. her pure singing voice coming through. And I want to take a little bit away for that. Sure, I've, I'm in agreement on that. Okay, good. And everything again, everything that's not Selena Gomez is literally painful to listen to. So and that's coming down on the score too. In between a two and a three. Great. Two and a half is fine. Okay. Uh, songwriting talent, super low. Super low. She, songwriting at best, talent? At best, needed three to five other people on every it's, song. and for It's not songwriting, though. She wrote lyrics. She, okay, so point she one. didn't write any of the songs. As okay. far as I'm aware, she's wrote zero she, of these okay. songs, point one. I'm also going to say the f- whole first album, she didn't write anything on. She co-wrote with I at want, least three I'm other people her, on every other song, and the songs were unbearably bad. I think the the amount of raw emotion that she wrote on the last album, Rare, is worth tripling her score on this one. Okay, so, so from I will a give point her a point three. three? Okay. <laughs> from point one to point three. Okay, that's great. I'm I'm done. I mean if you have an X Factor, you can you can Is the X is the X Factor that she was one of my two Disney Channel crushes? No. No is that are we sure? I'm positive. Can we give her But if we're going with like celebrities that we had crushes on as a kid, if Amanda Bynes ever releases an album, then she will get X Factor points for me. I'm shocked she hasn't, honestly. Yeah, uh, right? I feel like she might have. Who knows? We'll we'll find we'll, out. We'll check it out. Okay, I've got scores. We're I'm just ready to check out today, Pat. Let's score it. <laughs> let's let's score it. Okay. All right. Winning third place. I have a two-inch <laughs> micro penis. Oh man. So uh, I'm going to ask you to harken back to a time when we were talking about the Red Devils, uh, and I asked Pat <laughs> for an extra point zero six uh, of X Factor, <laughs> which broke all precedent. Yes. Uh, and the reason I did that was because this band, the Red Devils, scored a six point six. And I was like, okay, we're going to give them an extra .06. So the Red Devils are coming in third place with a 6.66. Love it. Which is perfect for them. Completely accidental until the last six. Exactly. 
Uh, uh, and unfortunately for them, mm-hmm. our new lowest score ever. Yeah, although by far better to listen to than Pavement and by far better to listen to than Selena yeah. Gomez. So. But our, our new... So Pavement but they are now losers. is no... They will still be the butt of every bad joke. Of course. Well, now Selena Gomez can also be part of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. But anyway, I have a winner So wait, hold on. Winning the episode, I wonder who it is. Our winner is XTC, of course, uh, with a 22.5. Yeah, a weaker yeah. episode overall. A weaker episode. And Selena Gomez got an 11.4. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yep. So and she's not even our second lowest. No. Or she's not even our third lowest after Pavement. There's people in between them. You're correct. I think four non-blondes because they only had the one album. Yeah, and I, I want to say there's one more that I'm not remembering right Could now. Could be. I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, have this all figured out by yeah, the end what, of the season. Once we do the award show. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, XTC pulls it out in what was a relatively weak week. A weak week. A weak week. It's a moon moon. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, so <laughs> I guess now I have to to hint at what we're doing for the big finale yes, next week. Yes, but only a hint. I know you normally just give away the answer. Right. I make normally, them think. I will make you think, uh, and I will just tell you that we are going to break another precedent next week with how many artists that we cover, and it's going to be fab. I love it. I love it. Okay. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, as as awful as the listening is for weeks like this, it's fun to make fun of people sometimes. God, I loved reading those notes. Man, because just... yeah, usually, you know, like I sit here, I've got like paragraphs of stuff and I yeah. pick and choose the facts that I want to actually make part of the podcast for the Selena Gomez albums. I just straight up r- read my train of yeah. thought as we went. No, I never you had do that. To. You had to. Uh, well, we enjoyed having you guys here for another episode. And uh, as we wind down our season, uh, we just want to say a quick thank you for sticking with us through two full seasons. Uh over 50 episodes. Yeah. I never would have thought when we first started this, like 50 or more episodes in the bag. It just seems wild to it think does, about. Right? Uh, so the fact that we have people listening every week and that you guys keep coming back is is really wonderful. Uh, just, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. And uh, we're going to continue doing what we're doing here. We are. And uh, if you guys have anything you would like to see or hear or or have happen on the show that maybe changes it up a little bit or ideas of like a, a different episode that we could do yeah letting us know the sooner the better before yeah. we get season three underway if it happens well that's that's a good we're point. hoping these ideas, i mean we're preparing for season three yeah if we're we hoping renewed, these ideas obviously. can help the producers you know not cancel us yeah so uh, hopefully that's how this works but uh in the meantime you know we really appreciate it all and please uh, you know, check out other episodes of Totem Talks. Use the hashtag Totem Talks to let us know what you think. Uh, check out our original work. Definitely and not. heck, if you're in the Bucks County area, come check us out at a show. Come see us live because you know what happens then? You're going to have a great day. Mm-hmm.